Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 391 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. What's happening, boys, Sunday night? Feeling tired. sensational weekend of footy. Oh, my God. Was it fuck? It was, oh, my, it was amazing. Volandi's rules are (laughs) fucking tremendous. I know we wouldn't make a judgment on these until the end of the season, but I've got to tell you, I love these rules. They're fantastic. (laughs) Volandi's rules. I'll tell you. <laughs> now, <laughs> how are we going? Fucking school holidays over. I know. Back to the, back to the grind tomorrow, fellas. Yeah, back to the real world. We're gonna, we have to I, start waking up before 8 o'clock again. I've only got one back to mo- tomorrow. Mm. I wish I only had one back, but I uh, got both back. So. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, look, the bonus was we did get an extra week. Yes, we did. We True. had that lockdown. Yeah, I think kid. we had a people. We had a we had a pupil free day coming up on that Thursday, and then so it was like it, they were only going to be there till Wednesday anyway. But mm. then the Tuesday, Wednesday got locked off. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Awesome. Anyway, great round of football it was. And uh, look, without any further ado, how about we actually get into it? The first game Thursday night, Suncorp Stadium. Stepdad, you were in attendance. Certainly was. And uh, the uh, Penny Panthers 20 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 12. Kurt Capewell, Nathan Cleary, Matt Burton, try scorers. Uh, Cleary, two or three conversions, a penalty goal, and a two-point field goal. And the Broncos, tries two to Vita Pangai Jr. and Ethan Bullimore. Jermaine Asako, one conversion and one penalty goal. What an absolutely dominant performance from the Panthers over one of the powerhouse clubs of the NRL era. Like, arguably, one of the strongest opponents to come up against, um, you know, in in recorded history. You know, such a a strong and proud history. Um, but they weathered the storm and, and came home. It always remember you, know, you you go to games and you know as we said on the member side I think it was a member side last week we one thing we all miss living in Sydney is that that ability to go to so many live games of footy mm-hmm. and it's just the, the different um, perspectives that it gives you what your team does and I remember last week I I did mention that that I was a little bit concerned about this game going in a because Penrith don't seem to play well up in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And and B the the trajectory of both of those teams was was such that that if there was a risk of Penrith having a little bit of complacency, it was an opportune time for the Broncos who had been getting you know steadily better bit by bit by bit and 
and I feel that's kind of where they met. Uh, that that Penrith went out there and just looked as if they expected th- for for things to happen for them. I, I'm not sure how it came across on television, but geez, the Panthers just looked flat in a couple of key areas. Their their line speed was nowhere near what it has been for the opening five rounds and and key guys like kick out just seemed a, a little bit off and and some of the passing especially when they made movements out to the left was nowhere near as crisp as it had been um, and to their credit Brisbane's forwards really stood up mm. and took it to the Panthers um, as much as I fucking despise the cunt Lodge had a pretty good game for the... I'm going to go so far as to say I reckon that was probably the best game in his entire fucking first grade career. I would... That I can remember. I yeah, go that. By um, far. But fucking Pangai, he was an absolute monster that game. And and when you talk about guys like Corey Oates, Charlie Staines, Brian Toa on the field, yeah. for him to also be the best winger on the field was just fucking phenomenal. And, and this is the thing. He did that, that. He had that sort of performance, the rarest of, of big men performances, where uh, he's remembered that he's nine times the size of a couple of guys out there mm-hmm. and just decided that I'm going to make your life fucking miserable. Like, I'm going to make your life a living hell every time you get the ball. I'm going to be mm-hmm. on you. But to go with that never looked like he was out of position. Like, there was never that instance where they saw him coming and and stepped and there was a gaping hole where he should have been. Yep. So he made the plays when he needed to. Um, happily, though, I, th- I think in the end what got us home was a little bit of direction and stability. And that's where your, your clearies and, and your Lou eyes take over and really kept Penrith in the game. And fuck me, it was absolutely one of my proudest moments as a father that when that two-point field goal went over, my six-year-old stood up in his seat at Suncorp, turned around to everybody else in the Bronco section we were sitting at and started (laughs) screaming at the top of his lungs, that's what you do, that's what you do. We own this place now. <laughs> and um, what a little cunt did it. Pointed his little blow up fucking Panther's finger straight at a bunch of people that had been very lippy all night. Um, so yeah, it's, look, and it's so good because like a like a six year old can do that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're not going to get bashed <laughs> if you stood up on the seat though. <laughs> And said exactly the same thing, word for word, inflection exactly. for inflection. You would have been absolutely. You'd be fucking doing this from hospital. <laughs> Spot on, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, similar to the game we played up here last year, it's nice that we can have by far our worst game of the season, uh, and and by our standards, a terrible performance. Still come home with the two points, and and still have a couple of positives to take out of it. Um. You know, on on the downside, long term, fuck, we need Dylan Edwards back. Yeah, I think this is the one that proved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he, he's not even really the best short term option, but he's you know, you gotta. That's it. But um, 
But the again, thing, the thing to, is, to to be undefeated at the top of the table without your first choice hooker and without your first choice fullback impressive. is no mean feat. I think the thing about the Broncos, I mean, like the, it, I mean, the Panthers did well to sort of take the opportunities when they came, and you know, they weren't given too many, obviously. But like the other thing it highlighted was that although the Broncos' uh, performance, the forwards were fucking great, like their just general roll on was great. And they were like the better team, probably on ninety meters of the field. Yeah. But still, offensively speaking, it's that they've got fucking like they've got less than nothing. Yeah. Like they, I mean, and and the re, the real reason the Panthers managed to stay in that game was because the Broncos have got absolutely nothing, and they couldn't have they couldn't convert barely any of their numerous, I mean, numerous opportunities. And, it, I mean, Penrith defended what they threw at them, but they weren't throwing anything, mm. like, at all. I mean, they didn't really have much except for what the forwards brought to the table. That's it. And, and, if, that's, and if that's all they're going to be doing... And again, you know, Penrith's hands to... kept Brisbane in the contest. Yeah, there's a fair few uncharacteristic uh, errors, the... um, I thought, from Penrith, which is... Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it was complacency or underestimating their opponent or just one of those nights, you know, but um, there was just mm. – I think we've just gotten so used to – certainly from a from a non-Penrith fan's perspective, watching them and just – I've been so impressed over the last sort of 12 months with it just comes is off. Is there such a thing though? Penrith's everyone's second team, mate. <laughs> exactly. But they're, it, Everyone it, loves them. Yeah, they they definitely they definitely everyone's second team because look I've heard these people go oh they're fucking arrogant blah 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 I'll have you know that they fucking fine young men to a man that seventeen players that penetrates out week in week out are fine young men I won't hear a fucking bad word about them I mean even the ones that fucking boot sluts and and release sex tapes and record sex tapes again you know without permission and release them to people fine young men and I will not hear a bad word about it fuck. It's out of character I mean, for you to be anti-artist. <laughs> anti-artist? Yeah. Aren't oh, you all you about know. that fucking creativity bullshit? Yeah, but generally you have to get you have to get releases for your for your uh other the other people in your in your uh fucking videos. In- introduction for the next one. Welcome to this week in league. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> Um, special mention, I thought to um, to oh. Brian Toto. He um, they they targeted him. They went at him all night with kicks and and I will say, yeah. as a young player, and and he he made a couple of errors, which you know the amount of work, yeah, yeah. but that's the, why the amount can, of work he had to do, yeah, him, because 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 he absolutely. was he was good for he was yeah. good for eighty percent of the time probably. Mm. But the first couple but were he, fucked, he, and then not yeah, once, kept going back not there, once yeah, did you know. he shy away from his work. Not once did he, you know, think, oh, "I'm just yeah, going to take a step back here." And you know, even some really experienced guys will, will start letting shit bounce, and fucking, it'll get in their heads, and you know, I, <laughs> exactly. So I, I was really impressed with how he, he didn't back down from the fight. He really, really kept coming and kept going errors didn't deter, you know a couple of errors didn't deter him and for a young player that's that's really impressive mm. <clears throat> that's it um in our facebook group hectic said uh nathan cleary with ice in his veins not the usual ice someone from <laughs> penrith has but close enough <laughs> toto 
said, we have played one team in the bottom eight and smoked them. Went toe-to-toe with the best team in the comp last night. Maybe, just maybe, we wait till the end of the season to judge the Kevolution. <laughs> there you yeah, go, Toto. Confirmed Kevy truther. Fucking hell, there we go. Uh, Lachlan, what's better than watching the Broncos have a cricket score posted against them? Seeing them hope, seeing them believe, and seeing that ripped from them in their cauldron of cunts. What a wonderful Thursday night. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. <laughs> Shunter. If Paul Momorowski could pass half as well as clubs pass him around, Charlie Staines wouldn't be on the side of an oak car. <laughs> uh, James said, kudos to the Broncos tonight. They came out to play, almost got the ambush. They ran hard, defended hard, and their efforts tonight would have beaten most teams. And uh, Super Grover on Twitter said, the Panthers are working so hard to prove they aren't arrogant, they are actually arrogantly losing to prove they aren't arrogant. <laughs> it's funny uh, how you get that disconnect between social media and and real life, and like you see a bunch of people in real life going, "Oh, look, you know, look at the Panthers. They're not they're not arrogant. Look at them how they just shook hands after they yeah. try." Not realizing that there's a whole world of social media, and it had already been revealed how like that they were just trolling. That was going to be their troll response yeah, to the, you know like, to the internet, you know. <laughs> Um, Hammers so credit where credit is due TPJ put Brisbane on his back and dragged them out of utter shit all for fuck all in the end though <laughs> hashtag fuck the Broncos and uh, to which and I don't normally like doing replies here but uh, OGJR underscore buff said drag that team towards the light and what was waiting for them at the light take <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you, I'll, it, it, it's amazing how Capewell has come through that whole sordid fucking affair with, you know, with, with everything in intact. In because not everyone does. And, and I and wouldn't say not no even one's, most people do. You know, no one's really had you know what I mean? like, that one, if you know what I mean. Like, that's a unique, it's a fairly unique one. No, no, that's right, yeah. Can I say that? Probably helps like that he was that. kind of the victim of it as well, but. It, it, it does warm my heart. Just, just in. Like that's one of those ones that that I'm sure he he would have been terrified of, as would anyone that mm. that gets a, a sex tape released, but um, or blackmailed or whatever happened. But that was legit one that you know you'd think mm. people would care about more than they do. Yeah, and there is still a, a fairly sizable homophobic current in in parts of the game. Yeah, which are like fuck. How does this go down? Mm-hmm. No one cares. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. You did some dumb shit when you were twenty. Me too. You mm. know, yours got taped. <laughs> so did so mine. And you didn't, and you didn't know you were doing dumb shit at the time either. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you knew there was a guy on the other side of that fucking hole. <laughs> Kurt, yeah. So did mine. Oh, you I didn't get it. paid like he did either. Like, but... Yeah, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You speaking about you know you going yours got taped. The one thing that still fucking drives me mental to this day is that there is that SBS thing is nowhere to be fucking found. I know, hey. It drives like it's fucking crazy because like who would have known at the time? It, it's to because think to it tape was, it or something. You know what I mean? Like it was just it was before digital. Like yeah. I reckon, I reckon that's on. Like it'll be on a reel somewhere, if, if, yeah. if at all. On a dat's something, yeah. Um, In the archives, yeah. And plus, I don't think it actually rated that well. 
No. So. They did have it on their digital stuff when that all happened at one point, but it wasn't when we thought that, you know, when we were talking about it probably oh, when yeah. you started being on the show. So, yeah, you know, yeah. so it wasn't then you know, anymore. But, um, and like you'd think even that sort of shit would find its way to YouTube, but no. Yeah. The whole thing that made me saddest about that was it was it was back when I used to, I thought that Academy Awards meant something. Um, one of the cameramen, I don't know if it was the cameraman or the, it might have been the sound guy. Anyway, one of them had won Oscars for what was it the thin is it movie thin blue red line thin blue thin line? thin red line yeah yeah thin red line, um, but had worked on that. Mm-hmm. And was, you know, is that Sean Penn that's in that movie? I think it's Sean Penn. Anyway, uh, was, you yeah. know, was used to working like with that caliber of person. And he's upgraded to you. On the other side. <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's there doing, yeah, something something about two two people duping the fucking hapless SBS people. And that is. He's getting on TV. <laughs> and this poor guy, you can literally see him sitting there thinking, what life choices have I made that led me to this point? <laughs> like, I have fucking Oscars on my shelf. <laughs> yep yep uh, but still to this day gave me the best parking advice ever yeah yeah, yeah I think yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd get you I'd get you to repeat it but I think we've I think I think we've done that one many times over the last five years oh we'll yeah, do it again sure. the old, yeah yeah but um but yeah so people go and listen to the old episodes or <laughs> <laughs> fucking subscribe to Patreon and ask you on an episode <laughs> I'll tell you the parking advice. You've got to spend money to save money. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Newcastle Knights, 26, to feed the Sharkies, 22, at McDonald Jones Stadium. The Knights, 26, came through a double to Callum Ponga. Mitch Barnett, Kurt Mann, Brodie Jones, tries. Ponga, three of five conversions to feed the Sharks, whose 22 points came through tries to Ramian, uh, Nikora, Tracy, and Hurodi. Three of four conversions to Chad. That man, William Kennedy, for the Sharks. He gets better and more polished every week. Jeez, I'm impressed with him. I um, he just he also is growing in confidence as well. You can see, uh, he's he's <clears throat> starting to get a lot more um, a lot more touches in in key areas on the field, and 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 his teammates are trusting him to really um to really take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and everything good that the Sharks are doing um, is, is starting to go through him. So it's it's really impressive to watch his, his game develop at such a rapid rate of knots as well. Um, just on, there's there was a lot of, obviously a lot of hypes, not surprisingly, and, and a fair bit of talk around Kalen Ponga's game. But, you know, I think if the gap between this type of performance and and some of his other games wasn't as large as the gap between him and plays he's trying to tackle one-on-one. He would have a lot less criticism. Um, I think he showed in this game the influence that he can have on on games. You, ca- you can't deny things that he did in this game. Um, and it was, it was impressive and no one's ever really... I don't know that anyone's really doubted um, the ceiling of his talent, but... It, it just seems, you know, we call it the hype train or whatever, but um, that gets pushed out so hard. But, you know, there's areas of his game that still, he's still a young guy and he's achieved, you know, he's he's played it, played Origin and all the rest of it, but he's still got serious development in his game as a fullback, especially defensively. 
Um, and, you know, maybe a little less time reading his own press, <laughs> I think, would, yeah, would like, serve him Offensively, well. he delivered. He, he, you know, this, this was a game where he delivered on what he was supposed to deliver. Mm. You know, he put, you know, he had some nice, you know, nice passing to, to uh, you know, for tries. He yeah, scored tries himself. I mean, one of them, one of them was just you know, you know, great backing up. You know, mm-hmm. one of them was you know himself. Um, yeah, the the problem the problem is even in this game, which was a win for his side. I mean, it, the absolute cowardice under the high ball mm. is like uh, he's he's rarely won a contest in his in his entire career, and a lot of times because he chooses not to contest. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he's it's like he's a liability. In in that thing, and so he's like his complete game's not there. But I mean, offensively, I mean, if you're a Knights fan, you couldn't walk away from this game, uh, you know, without think, you know, without feeling like he had delivered what you know you expect yeah. of him. And but here's the thing, though, as one of the premier and highest paid fullbacks in the competition, that game, and you're not not the double try performance. Obviously, a, mm-hmm. a doubles are a very very difficult thing to do. But that level of involvement and impact mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the board, that should be your baseline for him. Considering what you're yeah. paying for him and considering yeah. that essentially you're building the team around him. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what I would more like to fucking talk about is Jones mm. for the Knights who had an absolutely fucking stellar game. Mm-hmm. And Didn't. God, I love it when guys come into a side and not only have to come and step up and fill a bigger role than they usually do, but, you know, do it like out of position or, um, you know, yep. on the other side of the field or just, just something that throws an extra spanner in the works. And fuck, that kid just took, like, again, half a dozen things. And it's I'd love it when people do this, is that Melbourne way of doing things. And he just did it exceptionally all night. And that yep. try he scored, essentially, he, Ponga owes him a beer this week because on that play, Ponga was just running himself towards the sideline and he was exceptionally well covered. And if Jones hadn't have spotted how little space there was and come back on the inside for it, that just ends up as another dead play. Um, yep. But, mm. and, and again, I, I don't want to hate on Ponga. He did have some very, very good moments. But God, I'd be super frothy over that Jones kid if I'm a Knights fan. Mm. Yeah. Just, just My, looking at Twitter, I think I think they well and truly were, yeah, yeah. I think Brody Jones, um, you know, he's obviously got a, a huge future. He's, he seems like a you know a kid that's he's got that really that passion for the game. You see mm. a guy come in and and really he's he's one of those people that has been given an opportunity and he's willingly grabbed it with both hands and wants to run with it. But I think when um, when he was being assembled as a human being, there was only there was either room for footballing ability or a neck, and he couldn't have both. So he ended up with a footballing ability, but he's he's got a touch of the glats and smalls about him, that's for sure. Look, we've already well, established that BMOZ is probably the greatest winger that ever played the game. Also made the same deal. <laughs> And his brother's not fun, and, you know, and his brother's brother's a great player too. I mean, he's not the Bmos, but he's you know he's not he's not you know a world behind either. Yeah, so. not a neck between them. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Anyone got anything else to say on that one? No, lovely. No, uh, on Twitter, deformo ninety six said, "I swear this team takes a year off my life every time they play. Gutsy win." 
better team won. Don't care what you say about Ponga. He was gutsy as tonight. Uh, at the angriest tiger. So the sharks remind me of my tigers at our self-sabotaging worst. Oof. <laughs> uh, at Southo Dan said, fuck Chad. <laughs> In our Facebook group. Woods. I'm back. Lazy arm penalty. And he already looks gassed. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. Uh, Steven said, you know that feeling of confidence you get when you see a guy in your team who just exudes winningness? You look at him and you feel, yeah, we got this. Well, Aaron Woods gives me the exact opposite feeling. <laughs> uh, Jesse said, maybe John Morris wasn't the problem. There you go. And I'll leave this one with uh, our good mate Clevo. He said, that's twice in my life now that a grown man doing a diarrhea in their pants has embarrassed the entire Cronulla Sutherland region. <laughs> <laughs> that's a strategy for not wanting to get tackled though, right? What was the guy that, like, was it? I, I did see this on social media. It, it raised an interesting point, especially in this, you know, age of COVID. If you are confirmed to be suffering from a virus that is still affecting you so much that you are shitting yourself mid-game, yeah, are you playing? If you're the other club, it would. What if three players from the Sharks can't play this week because they have a virus? Because they got amoebic dysentery. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well. Yeah. I, look, I would like to think. You know, and believe that the NRL is a professional organisation, and I would like to think that perhaps that they they need to at least provide a negative test to say, look, you know, the guy's got a virus, mm. but but it's, it's not, not right. COVID, yeah. But I don't know that for sure. I mean, that's just me wanting to think the best and light the candle. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, you got any more comments you want to read out? Nope. Right. Storm twenty to feed the roosters four. Uh, Storms 20 points came down at uh, the Korean housewife of course the, uh, the Melbourne Storms 20 came through tries to Puppy Hughes and Grant Pappenhausen 2 of 3 conversions and 2 penalty goals the Roosters 4 came through a try to Ikuvalu and that's it now, how, Shay, many, you can go how many of the people on the field could be currently playing for the West Tigers <laughs> Just how many should be playing for the West Tigers? Yeah, none. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Interesting one on this, and and again, you know, with with the caveat that we say we, we'll wait till the end of the season to look at this. To everyone bitching and moaning about the new rules and what it's trying to do to the game, and it's speeding the game up and fatigues this, and it's not fair because my club couldn't recruit properly for the last four years. Wouldn't it be nice if this game, this Roosters vs. Storm game, was the new, <clears throat> again, baseline for Rugby League? Wouldn't it be nice that this is just the start and within a couple of years teams will adapt and an absolutely fucking frantic, end-to-end, fast-paced version of Rugby League is what's played eight games every round? Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Like, just... I don't hate it. No. That was two teams... Absolutely going at each other, hammer and tongs, 
defending like their fucking lives depended on it. And it was really a case of who who snapped first. And it was just like two of those storm tries were just a a direct result of (coughs) beautiful, you know, fast... Fast, fast roll, you know, great roll-ons like the rules are supposed to promote, <clears throat> and then great selective, accurate passing and and lines, mm. you know, passing by Harry Grant and lines run by the Storm players. I fucking really, like, you know, the difference that he made in that game. Like he wasn't he wasn't great last week, mm. but holy shit! Like if this it's is his first week back, different world, is, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and this is and this is him only being involved in the side, you know, for a couple of weeks and playing his second game. Yeah. So I'd yeah. hate to see how good he's going to look at the end of the season. I think we've said before, you know, I think we can all agree that Brandon Smith is a, is a great character. I think he's a, I think he's a solid footballer. But Harry, that performance from Harry Grant surely makes a mockery of the Storm, even considering playing Brandon Smith at nine. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Brandon Smith's going to have to be. If he's, he's going to stay at the storm, he's going to be like fourteen a, or something. Yeah, he's going to be a fourteen that they bring on, and he could replace you know anyone in the pack essentially, yeah. and just play his brand. Yep. Yeah, because why? Why would you take that off the field? He can play eighty, <coughs> yep. and he can play at a high level for eighty, yep. and he can defend in the middle for eighty. Yep. Um, and and that's the level of service and play that you get from you from your starting hooker you don't you don't fuck with that well maybe maybe they will do that because they can yeah you know to to have that rotation available to have that to have Harry to be able to go on when everybody else is half fucked yep and mm. take advantage who knows and it's not it's not yeah, it's not unheard of either I mean like you know the golden years of man I mean Matt Ballin one of the fittest fucking guys to ever take the field there's never any question yeah. about him being able to do sixty tackles and 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 sure. and play for eighty. But there was that years, they, you know, they did run the pinch hitter things where they would put Heath Lestrange on and things like that for yeah. you know, like fifteen minutes, twenty minute stint. You know, fair enough. As a, I guess, as maybe it becomes more of a strategy and a and a, a different look. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're for, right. For if you have to, to pick between the two to. of them. Like if if salary cap becomes yeah. an issue or, yeah. or pressures like that become an issue. Sure. And if, yeah. and if Brandon Smith gets out of that storm mentality where he's, he ceases to want to be a guy that plays a role and maybe plays 30 minutes a game and yeah. he wants to be an 80-minute nine starting for a side, you know? Yeah, that's it. And I feel he may have a touch of that. What do you think of the Roosters' halves the, the week after their, their grand unveiling? I didn't think they were horrible. I I think, you know, they're both young. I think they're going to have yeah. some ups and downs. But like, I don't know. They just seem they seem quite level headed for their age to me. But and you know, we've only had a very brief look at them. But um, there's no, there's nothing erratic, and yeah. and that comes down to the coaching, I guess. Yeah, but there's absolutely. nothing, you know, they seem to be the type of players that are both quite grounded and, you know, and willing to play, to, willing and able, more importantly, to, to play to a, a structure that's laid out for them and, and not overplay their hand, which in, in that rooster side is, is, is important. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. I, I think it was interesting just the amount of traffic they had run at them. And, yeah, you know, mm. again, obviously Bellamy, um, to try and find a better strategist. 
Yeah, but they did exactly. they did not get a rest all fucking night, mm, and yep. it'll be interesting to see if other teams take a leaf out of his book when they come yeah. across the rest. Well, I guess you know, welcome first grade, eh? That's yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what they're going to have to deal with. That's it. Anything else on that one? Not from me. Lovely. On no, Twitter, you got it. at Origin Affected, said Storm played vintage Storm ball, gave the Roosters nothing to do but tackle in the first half, turned it on when it mattered in the second. Some gamesmanship in the HIA department by the Storm with Paps and Grant, but that's part of the game now. Thoughts on Pappenhausen and Munster not being HIA? I don't love it. I, I think it, it probably takes away from the reason the you know the rules are, are in place, mm. but... You know, again, it comes down to how the NRL police it, it and teams. It's it's no different to wrestling in the wrestling in the ruck or you, you know different mm. things that as the game adapts. You know, teams look for a, a tactical advantage, and yeah, um, I, I don't morally. I'm I'm not a fan of it, but teams are going to do it. Uh, I think we have to rely on the NRL to police it effectively. Well, look, you know, I think true to form, Melbourne being the most, the the closest city outside of America to fucking Portland. Um, it's nice now that in the spirit of uh, opportunity of outcome, they're trying to cripple their own players <laughs> as well as others. So. End of the day, the rules are there. The Storm have always been known to walk up to the line and and, uh, and, 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 and and sort of just, you know, peek over it as far as, that, you know, as, as, as much as they can. And mm. so, and, and the, th- the thing is, the thing is with like, you know, the, the subsidy, I mean, if the provision's made for the substitutions, then that's there in the rules. The thing, like the, the, the HIA thing, it's just, it's just a test that needs to be administered and it's really subjective until they, they receive that test. Mm. So that's you can it. always just say, look, you know, we care about our players so much that, that we got to, you know, we're going to take advantage of this interchange, but we're going to test them, tell because maybe that's it. And then you start, and and then it becomes not so much like this flagrant, like an actual rule breaking. It becomes this subjective pushing, you know, this subjective interpretation of what they're doing that can't really be disproven unless they come out and say it, which they did. Yeah, fucking idiots, but yeah, yeah true. <laughs> I mean, if, if if you never admit to it. It's, you can, yeah, it's not something you can get done for. You've got to keep all your employees gruntled. Exactly. No whistleblowers. That's it. At Lambretta GP 1971 said, The Roosters' attack against the Storm isn't a patch on the Bulldogs' effort last week. Handsome Trent 1, Elephant Man Trent 0. <laughs> Elephant Man Trent. <laughs> At Warriors Suck Balls said, Storm just got their mojo back and the rest of the league should be worried, especially Panthers who got beat everywhere but on the scoreboard by Fuck the Broncos. Poor Warriors have to play them in eight days and it's going to be like Anzac Cove 1915 for us. <laughs> and by that he means that the new the, the, the Warriors would, would go out to a yeah, get out to a massive lead to the point where the game's won and then some British person decides to fucking not back them up so they eventually get pushed you know, pushed back and lose. I mean oh, I was, gonna, most- I was gonna say that um, you know, the, the Kiwis would would maybe be in the same vicinity. And then just you know live live off the stories of Australians for the next hundred years. Well, that was that no, that was that was the big that was the uh, the big surprise. Like uh, when I was over at Gallipoli, when you actually walked the battlefield and everything, the Kiwis got further than anyone did. 
but the British never came to back them up because they were having a cup of tea down and fucking down the bottom. And so they had to get, they got pushed back. They, they literally could have been over because of the, the speed that the Kiwis actually, you know, made ground. But uh, yeah. Okay, so fucking what you're, what you're saying is the New Zealand army is like David Nofaluma in defence. Fuck, yeah, don't rush well, up, well, 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 like, well, like David Nofaluma in, in general, like fucking handy in attack. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to defence, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and and they don't have Sam Tompkins there to blame the English any, <laughs> anymore, you know. So. <laughs> oh, hashtag respect the troops. <laughs> Are you done? Um, yeah, that's done. Saturday games, the mighty Manly Seagulls 36 defeat the Titans 0 out there at Mudgee. And uh, Manly's 36 came through a double to Ruben Garrick. Uh, tries to Brad Parker, a double to Jason Saab. Tommy Turbo with a try as well. Garrick, 5 of 6 conversions and a penalty goal. The Gold Coast Titans, nothing. All you, Nate. All right. Let's get this over with. Drop your fucking selves in. Everything I said was right. Everything everyone else said was wrong. I fucking told you. I fucking told you. <laughs> I fucking told you, motherfuckers, that this was going to happen. And no one believed me. No one believed me. All I'm going to say, it's there in fucking black and white now. Now, all jokes aside, I mean, a fucking extremely pleasing effort. And it wasn't just fucking any, the Tommy Turbo thing. I mean, he was back. He played. He played very well. Contributed, you know, nicely. Set up some stuff. Obviously, it, it was pleasing to see him like really stride out on some breaks as well, and like not seeing. Yeah, he wasn't being cautious of you know re-injury or anything. I mean, he was just got, he was going flat out, and it was great. That was all great to see. But his actual involvement was not nearly as much as people are making out. Whether he's just got this fucking like he just brings this this you know lucky charm confidence to the rest of them or whatever the rest of them did the fucking work like they actually did they actually did the thing so the forwards were fucking amazing garlic sauce was a fucking great buy i have to say thank you so much to justin pascoe for trying to force a scenario with fucking uh trying trying to force a scenario with fucking uh i've seen i've seen that meme already sorry (laughs) but um yeah, Pasco once again trying to swing his dick and fucking coming at, you know and coming out with you know us with a great fucking forward who's performing amazingly well. The rest of the forwards great, and I love like I love the way that they handled Fafita and they put some of the better defenders out there. They put Kepi out there sometimes. They put a, a, a front rower out there, and the end result was that Fafita had a a semi Talmalolo esque game. Like he did okay. Like he got about 150 meters. Like it wasn't a, an awful performance, but where it counted and like where he absolutely dismantled the Knights the week before, he had fucking nothing. He never had a he never had a, a moment's peace when the ball was coming towards him. He was wrapped up immediately, and he never looked like doing any sort of damage. You know, outside of just forward grunt work. Yeah. Um, Morgan Harper, I'm fucking so glad. I'm, I'm glad he got. He, I mean, he only got his opportunity through injury to Suli, but. Fuck, he's taken. He, he's he has taken both hands, and I love the fact that now they realise after that try last week that Jason Saab scored, that he's one of the fastest fucking guys in the competition. So let's see how we can harness that speed and just the way that like now everyone's like he now he's doing the work in backing up, 
and be putting himself in position. And now people are looking for him and dishing to him super early so he can just fuck off and just, you know, stream away and score the tries. Um, just fucking please. I mean, even, even things like fucking Ruben Garrick was banging him over from the touchline, like pretty much every time. Like just, it was just, it was weird fucking like everything, fucking everything came together. Kieran Foran looked back. Like, I mean, the pass that he threw to put fucking, to, to put Garrick in for a try was fucking mm, vintage fucking that for was. And, um, and mm. one of the, th- and one of the things that I've, I've been saying the last couple of weeks is I love Josh Schuster, how he just throws these fucking no look passes, but mate, there's no first graders out. So there's no first graders out to your left. You've only got Garrick and Parker out there. Puts Tommy Turbo in and Tommy Turbo, he does the no look Tommy Turbo, boom, instant try. Like, I mean, so once these sort of combinations, once these combinations develop further, it's going to be fucking fantastic. And in the second half, there was a period where they did what they did their shit that they normally do. I mean, they were dropping the ball 40 meters out, fucking 20 meters out, 30 meters out, giving the Titans plenty of opportunities to attack from short range and begin their sets from short range. But again, marshalling the defensive line they've got the guy that actually fucking assigns everyone their jobs the titans only looked like likely to breach them once and that was that time when when um proctor nearly scored that try but he dropped it i mean he probably, he would have scored had he not had he not dropped the pass but um that was the only time the titans even looked like breaching them the entire game so i mean it was it was pleasing to get the best attacking performance of the week out of them it was the, they got the best defensive performance holding them holding a team to zero who would have fucking who would have thought Two weeks ago, one week. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. On Twitter, the bun- oh sorry. Oh, you got, any, you got any thoughts, Glenn? You must. You must. <laughs> I just wanted. I just wanted to make a point on the on the Titans. I think, you know, I've actually been pretty impressed with how they've been going so far this season. But um, the most concerning thing um, to take away for the Titans, even more so than the result itself, was I think that when things started to go. South, it was the lack of resilience in them, and and they just they didn't have an answer to try and stop the role, and you know I don't think their their bigger name players were were able to step up and and really you know stop the bleeding so to speak. I think that's another part of the Titans' development. I think you know as I said, I think they're a good side. I think they're, they there's. A fair bit of talent in there, and I think they're well coached. But that's going to be part of their, you know, that resilience and coaching that into them is is going to be important as the season goes on. If if they um, if they're going to reach that potential that I think they have, I like to watch um, the press conferences afterwards after after we win to see what the opposition coach has to say for himself. And I got to say, I was super impressed with Holbrook. I mean, there's a reason mm. why he's turned that team around because he he didn't come out and fucking carry on like Ricky Stewart does. And he didn't. He didn't fucking bitch about anything. He's just like, look, I don't think it mattered if Tommy Turbo was there or not. They were. Everyone was up. They did a fucking job. We, you know, we've got to be better. Like it was. It was refreshing to see a coach not have something to fucking bitch about, but actually, and actually, sort of speaking, kind of openly. Yeah, the other it. thing as well. I mean, yeah. you remember back, you know, that origin. It's almost like a meme, like legendary status. Now I can't remember what year it was, but remember when they had like the the whoever the fucking trainers were for New South Wales, and there was that whole thing when Chris Walker was getting on the field. And it's like, yeah, Walker's mm. on, Walker's on, Walker's on. Yeah, yeah. And the terror they had of like whatever Chris Walker. I mean, you think you look back now, and you think, how, how, why? How would that happen? But mm. that sort of vibe was what the Titans had about Tommy Turbo. So much so yeah. that even when he wasn't involved in a play at all, 
he, just 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 the fact that he pushes up off the shoulder of everybody through the middle means that the Titans, con- the, either side, they just had this terror about them, which created opportunities. Like Lachlan Croker, the fucking not best, he's about as not best hooker as you could be in this entire fucking game rugby league. But the fact that he can run up with Turbo looming on his left shoulder, so much so that the Titans shit themselves and forgot about Croker, and he just ran straight through and went on a fucking 40 meter, 40 meter trot to set up a try. It was just fucking crazy. Anyway, I'm done. Nice. That's nice. Uh, the Bunk 2099 said the Titans would have gone into that game expecting a win. To lose and not score will destroy them mentally. And we'll lose 13 plus next week. Bold. Uh, at Bebe Campbell said, I'll drive to Mudgee every week if we'll play like that all the time. Stand <laughs> straight, moving to Mudgee. That's it. Uh, Voodoo Rock. Said beating teams were expected to lose to and losing to teams were expected to beat. Only thing we've ever been consistent at. Interesting. Sounds sounds familiar. Uh, Ben (laughs) said Nate called it. Totally cucked the Titans hype train. Could this mean the declining Tigers have reached their lowest wins? Will win. I don't understand what that one fucking means. <laughs> Nought. Thank you for reading it out there. The first half of that, I was, I was, I was so on board with the first half of that. that I did. I, I need to admit, I did only read the first half, and I was, and I put it in there because I thought, oh, that'll make Nate feel good. Someone's fucking on his side, but now it looks like all the people that are on Nate's side. Uh, yeah, fucking I was going to say yeah, the second half sounded like someone that would be on Nate's side. <laughs> uh, Norts said, "Poor game today by Antonio Bramble on the Titans." And uh, Fat Harry Lazy said, "Queensland's best teams being torn apart by a pair of dodgy hamstrings. You love to see it." Ouch! I'm loath to give that man any credit, but fuck, he had some quality Twitter action over the weekend. Oh, I tell you, impressed. Steve, aka One Eyed Tiger, on Twitter. I think he's actually. I mean, he may have changed it. He's like One Eyed MCU fan or something like that. Anyway, that whole fucking creation of that set of memes <laughs> where he's decided to take your best comment or what he deems your best or funniest or most idiotic comment of an episode. I feel like it puts me under pressure. And in creating a lion meme out of it, that whole enterprise, and then week two comes around and like another fucking half a dozen people throw ones in that they've done as well. I swear, I don't even want to put the revelation of the 2021 NRL season on the Twillies this year. I'll I'll, I'll crown that motherfucker right now because that shit- I'll accept it, Gleef. Oh, wait, you weren't talking about that shit is That shit is hilarious. And I can't wait to see them week in, week out for the next like fucking however, you know, four five months because they are just fucking bring it on. I I breathe it in like fucking oxygen. I love it. Eat it up. It's good times. You breathe it in like oxygen. Yes. You eat little pieces of shit for breakfast. Doesn't everyone eat oxygen? Isn't that just like something that's common for everyone to do? It's lovely. It, it gives make me you life. At all? Jay, I put it, it to you that the human body does it automatically. <laughs> it's not even part of our conscious action. I think I just created the next meme. <laughs> you know the worst thing, though? You think you have, but the next one's going to be just a bunch of fucking spazzy looking tigers going, I think I've just created the next meme. <laughs> and also, I'd like to highlight to you guys that we're only now about to talk about the Tigers game. Who knows what else comes out at this point? <laughs> oh, let's do it. 
please. The Rabbitohs 18 defeat the West Tigers 14 at Stadium Australia. The Rabbitohs 18 came through tries to Murray, Gagai, and Thomas Burgess. Uh, Thomas Burgess. Reynolds, Reynolds <laughs> with two conversions and another two-point field goal. The Tigers 14 came through tries to Laurie and Garner, uh, Dewey with two conversions and a penalty goal. Now, I just, like, put me in a time machine, take me back to th- three days. If you had sat me down in a polygraph and said, do you think you could possibly see a West Tigers game finish in such satisfying NRL chaos as the 100-minute legendary game ever again? Do you think anything could happen like that level of fucking amazing NRL chaos? And How would as you a, rank them? And as, a, and, and as a fucking hashtag NRL chaos fucking aficionado, I've got to say, I would have called you a goddamn liar if you said you could have found something. But fuck me, Dad. This was <laughs> chef's kiss, fucking amazing chaos. <laughs> Glenn, you have the floor before Please. we start talking about that glorious ending. Look, only only the West Tigers could lose a game like that. That only a West Tigers game would finish like that is probably the better way to put it. But before I get to the ending, let me just start by saying that you know you might have told people about Manly playing better and, and stuff like that. But as far as people telling people about stuff, I fucking told you guys about Jake Simpkin. I told you, I told all of you. Did he win? And look how he fucking went. Who was it, it marker when Burgess ran through? Look, I'm pretty sure it was Jake Simpkin. He was pretty <laughs> tired after making 58 tackles, and he's a 19-year-old kid. He's Just not quite up there, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> what, he, what he defeats Robbie Farrell of in terms of uh, attack and service, the, he lacks I in terms of making 160 is, tackles a game. <laughs> I think the real question so is, effect, who's effectively, influencing the hookers him, at the Tigers? You could call him the next Robbie Farrell. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Robbie's taking taking him under his wing, oh, and that little oh, effort was great. something was evidence of that. If you're going to have a response to being booed off your spiritual home ground in a memorial game for a legend, I think that you know the effort and and the way they played in that game goes goes a long way towards it. I think the next part is what they do in in coming weeks. One week is not going to be enough, um, and to be honest, we've seen that before. They've um, they've performed horribly or been on, you know, had rough patches of a season and then put in a spirited performance. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's that needs to be our baseline. And then it's a long time before that sort of performance is seen again. So I think it is. that, um, you know, Dane Laurie was great again. I already mentioned Simkin. Um, Dewey was massive and I think we're starting to see Dewey take more of an upper hand um, as far as the halves go. I put it to you that he took nowhere near a fucking enough of an upper hand in this game. <laughs> after the after the incredible success that he had, you know, with these, you know, these bombs last week. When shit came down before. it was all it was it was all fucking yeah, and the week it was before, all Brooks. Yeah. They weren't giving it to him for that shit. Yeah, I think more in a in a directional sense for the yeah. team, which I don't know. 
I don't know that that's a positive because the whole thing with giving Luke Brooks the keys after, you know, and shunting Benji out of the club uh, was so he could take that role only six, five or six weeks in to realise that maybe that wasn't the greatest decision. But to get to the ending, um, I will say, uh, hand on heart, that when we were up 14-12, I must admit, I didn't. I wasn't thinking two point field goal. I was thinking a fucking shit ruck penalty, or you know, a shit penalty to to gift them a, a goal in front mm. to to tie it up. That's honestly what I was thinking. <laughs> so this is a inner workings of a Tigers fan. Um, and going to Golden Point, I was. We've got a fucking horrible record in Golden Point. And that continues. Yeah, you've got a fucking horrible record generally. Like, it's not just in Golden Point. <laughs> Golden Point still is games of rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the pain's less if it's just over after 80 minutes and you don't have to go to 80 fucking five. Right. Talk me through, hey, talk, talk me through Golden Point. Burgess has just made the break. Let's go. Oh, fuck. Dramatic reading. Walk, walk, walk me through your emotions. I was like, how the, for my first reaction was, how the fuck did he get through there? Yeah. <laughs> it was my first reaction. Then I was like, as much as I love Dane Laurie, don't know that he's pulling him down. Um, then I was like, did he just fucking drop that? Then I was like, ah, surely he didn't fucking drop it. Then I was like, Luke Brooks is, Luke Brooks is fucking running up the field. And then the camera caught up and... His little legs were going a million miles an hour and no one was around him and everyone had stopped and the crowd's half the crowd's going berserk and the other half doesn't really know what the fuck's going on. I watch him put the ball down and I think it was um, Roberts was there to... And he was congratulating. I was like, yep. has he picked it up and run and scored? And, the, and then you're trying to catch up with the commentary... I was like, I'm sure, but surely Burgess has got that ball down. But then you're like, it's fucking, it's Tom Burgess. Maybe he did drop it. It's not beyond him. He's Tom got Burgess, he literally game. drops it every fucking time he's ever done that. He's dropped it yeah. every time. Yeah. Without exception. So it was, a, it was a fucking tidal wave of emotion. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, surely, surely we haven't pulled that out. And you've got to remember at this point, at this point, the referee catches up to the play, awards the try, and it's almost like 18, it's 18 14 Tigers at this point. Yeah. 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 That's it. What if, like, is there a way, if there was a way that you could fuck all the review off and just kick the goal real quick? And the siren, you know, that's the end of the game. And just remember how they did that when they trialed the Hook it back to the dressing sheds. Remember when they trialed the rule at the end of last season? And it was kind of like if you could fucking bust the goal off real quick. Yeah, like, <laughs> or decline the kick. But yeah, yeah. yeah but, but now exactly. they're now, now well, it's golden like, point. No, you don't need to kick it. Just That's fucking it. hook it back to the dressing sheds. Fuck so you. Tell me, as Luke Brooks was running the length of the field, uh, brackets for no fucking reason whatsoever. <laughs> what song was playing in your head? Because in mine was that uh, classical music wonder in the Hall of the Mountain King. <laughs> As, I've got no fucking as, idea what you're talking about. he's fucking trudging but up the field. All I'm he hearing trudge. is... He was sprinting like an elite athlete that dun, he is. Dun, 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 
dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. He was, it was a heads-up play. Ball was still live. He did the right thing and um, could have been the hero. Wasn't. Mm. Uh, story of Luke Brooks's career, really. <laughs> that's going to be, the, Look, gonna gonna, be the name of Luke Brooks's fucking autobiography. In the interest of, of lighting the candle... I want to say, like, we give a lot of shit to Luke Brooks, obviously, over the last two minutes as an example of that. But fucking good yeah. on him Play playing the whistle. the whistle and actually yeah. being present in mind because the rest of his fucking team mm. had their heads Stopped. down with Lost. Mm. He's picked the ball up and, and actually had the fucking presence of mind to play the whistle and keep going. The only reason Roberts was on the scene is because Roberts is fast as fuck and he was, and he was like, oh, I woke up and then you know, started running as well. Yeah. And, and so, I was like, you know, it didn't come off, but... Like, then you look at the replays and, like, Burgess was so fucking close. If that had have, if they had have said he dropped that and it was no try and the Tigers win, I would have had no problem with it. Yeah. I mean, that was loose as shit and it was 100% mm. coming away, you know, from his yeah, hand. But I you've mean, seen... If the ground was 10 centimetres further away, he's dropping it 10 sure. times out of 10. But you've seen him give tries when there's, a, like, a fucking... Your pinky nail on well, one yeah, of removing... the pimples on the footy, and yeah, but then I've also yeah. seen them disallowed because they've lost control of the ball and have not regathered sure. it before it's seen. Yeah, and like now yeah. when you know, we're removing the the removing the requirement for downward pressure and things like that does allow more for that sort of stuff yeah. to go through without mm. being disallowed. Um, but, um, what did you think of the incident of that grubby cunt kicking someone in the head and facing absolutely no repercussions for it as well? And by that, I'm referring to Tigers number six, Adam Dewey. <laughs> I knew there would be a punchline. Well, I didn't see the Dewey one. Well, he was the what only, was, only person what, to kick someone in the head. Right. Missed it. Okay. Fair enough. Latrell, though, looking like, what, three to four weeks if he's... Uh, uh, oh, gets... they were talking three weeks today on the, yeah. the, the news think, report I saw. I mean, with multiple incidents to, to yeah, answer for. I, Look, at the end of the day, I think the the kicking out at Ghana would have been a whole lot, you know, he would have been in, in store for a whole lot more had he made, like, serious contact. Um, and also like the kicking out thing as well. Right in between. Yeah, and kicking out as well. I mean, like, when you're that far out of the play, mm. fucking let go of the guy. Yeah. That's the well, thing. I, mean, I think that saves that, that's Look, there's yeah. something to be said for that. He, he doesn't. If he hasn't got hold of his boot, he doesn't, yeah. you know, aggression or not, he doesn't, there's yeah. no need to do it. I think he, he's also, um, the the contact on Nofaluma off the ball was pretty ordinary and he probably does deserve to go for a few weeks for that. Yep. Um, well, no, because anyone hitting Nofaluma at any stage I don't, I don't know. should get Dally like, points. <laughs> Don't think he deserves to be physically harmed because he reads defence poorly. <laughs> they did a fairly good. They did a fairly good job of hiding him though. In this game, Maltese were just. Yeah, cool. I don't know. I, I don't know that you can change him from left to right every week or back and forth yeah. and, and catch people unawares. I, th- I think it was it was pretty smart coaching, but. That's that's a one. I think Madge needs to, Madge needs to be trip. fucking hauled before some sort of fucking tribunal for doing that and not telling us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's got to that's got to violate some sort of fucking inside gambling trading laws. 
so whilst I whilst I was impressed with the you know the the improved performance and the effort, um, you don't get points for effort. No, you, you know? don't. You get points for wins. But I will say the only asterisk on that is. If it's if it's that type of performance for one week, it means fuck all. So mm. if if that's how we play for the rest of the season, I think we'll be in good stead. Um, but let's see how they go over the next month or so. Did you oh, also? Did you get your letter from Kapoa, fucking James Tamiel? Yeah, yeah, lovely. I read like oh, three look, words and deleted it because those cunts are still sending me fucking emails like fucking Jesus. like eight years later. Worst yeah. fucking. Worst well, fucking still paying thing. your membership, mate. <laughs> Believe me, I did. Uh, did I even pay it that year? I can't remember. No, God damn. Uh, also, um, I've and plenty of other Tigers fans have had plenty to say about AJ Kapoa, uh, but he's been ruled out for the season with an ACL in that game. So, and to be honest, he was playing his natural position off centre, and I don't think he was going horribly. Uh, but he's he's gone for the year. Ouch. Mm. Uh, Daniel in the Facebook group said the ending of this game could be summed up with a hashtag. Just can't remember it though. <laughs> Neither can I. Dylan said, do the Tigers try and find more embarrassing ways to lose each week? That is the most Tigers ending of all time. No, it's not. It's it's probably third. At Devon Head. Second for me. Yes, fuck it. Said, Fucking universe talks to us in different ways. Driving home from New South Wales, something told me to open up Foxtel Go for Golden Point. Didn't disappoint. Can't spake. Long live rugby league and PVL ball. When the universe talks to him, it speaks in oinks. And uh, Switzerben at B.43 said, Luke Brooks wasted a 100-meter run. Is my drug. <laughs> uh, our friend at 88888 account said the NRL can't boot the Tigers. Their meme value as a club exceeds the value of state of origin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Christy Wilson on Twitter said, South fan, happy for the win. Miss Dewey at South, a calm player with a good boot. Madge is so intense, I don't think he likes coaching. That may not be far from wrong. I don't think if you were coaching anything. the Tigers, you probably wouldn't like coaching at all. Like <laughs> I mean, knowing that, knowing that this guy is a coach who's won a fucking premiership as a coach, I still say there's not been a single moment in his life where he's experienced joy. <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't fucking think it's in him. Yeah, nah. In a competition where there's a coach named Ricky Stewart, how can you be like still a genuine fucking contender to be the most sour cunt in the league? Oh, fucking Michael McGuire is salt of the earth human being. How fucking dare you try and sell his name? Salting the earth at Leichhardt. <laughs> um, the Eels 35 to feed the Raiders 10. GIO Stadium, Canberra. And the Eels, let's see. We got uh, Papali'i with a double. Sivo, Lane, Marnie and Gutherson with tries. Five of six conversions for Mitchell Moses and a disrespectful field goal. Uh, the Raiders tries to Rapina and Williams. Croker, one conversion. Mm. Jay. One thing I noticed on this one was today on the Fox coverage, mm-hmm. Canberra's hookers sitting there in the studio fucking talking about other games. Now... I know he had a very, very serious injury that he's come back from, but fuck me, that cunt is not who he was when he left. 
No, he was an, a legitimate like liability. Yeah, and it, it, and honestly, this game is the first game where I no, I don't has he he hasn't been like that all season though. I mean, it just seemed really pronounced in this game, and I feel like it's the for me it was like, holy fuck, <laughs> his shit, he's fucked. Like it, where did it this was, come from? And I've seen lots of people mention it, but it was handbrake level. Mm. Yeah, in attack. Yeah. And he hasn't been like this, but he hasn't been his best. Yeah. I think the contrast was that people just expected him to get back to his, his best or somewhere near his best. Because, yeah. um, again, cast your mind back, it was that same situation of, well, if if he was an Aussie, you'd, you'd almost go so far as you would have picked him in origin ahead of Cook. Mm. Yeah. When he, he was, when he had that fantastic season. He was going that, that whatever, well. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, but the... That run first and that speed first attitude just doesn't seem to be there, and it's an absolute fucker of an injury to come back from. Mm. Um, but I just, I just thought it was an interesting thing, and again, it's just because it's so counter to me and how I operate. That if you're struggling that badly, what what are you doing, sitting around in in commentary team with other people? Yeah, um, just just as a mouthpiece, but. I anticipate that these things are kind of like, you know, booked in advance and not the, you know. Well, if, the, if you're Canberra, do you, do you have any current players you're letting go out on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah. To to have media duties. Is that in his contract yeah. or is that his manager doing something? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but what a bounce back by Para after a couple yep. of weeks where they probably would consider that underperformed. Mm. To, to really come back... And play some of that up tempo in your in your face style of footy. Yeah, their forwards really obviously relish the challenge against the Canberra pack and and mm. fed it to them. Really, I thought. Yeah, so they did right over the top. Yeah. Of them. Mm. Moses and some of these. You, you go, mate. Sorry, mate. Go for it. <laughs> I was going to say so some of these younger Parramatta players who who over you know last year had had come up and. And really started to to demand that people take notice. You read Marnie's those those sort of guys are starting to just settle into their role and starting to settle into some consistency. Yep. Uh, so whilst there's still going to be some ups and downs in that side, uh, the the more they play together, I think the the more cohesive they'll get, and the more of a threat they'll be. I think Moses, yeah, he had a hand in everything the, the Eels did well. I thought, and and turned a pretty competitive game up to half time into a reasonably comprehensive win for Para by the end. I think his consistency above all, you know, as you just mentioned, Jay, you know, some of these other guys that are starting to find consistency. I think Moses finding that is the key to Parramatta's season. He's, mm. you know, and, and I made a similar comment about Ponga earlier, just bridging that gap between his best performance and his worst and, He's he can tend to get into his own head at times and and do himself out of you know solid games of football if if things aren't going his way early um, or teams are getting at him defensively. So um, the other point I wanted to make about Para is Papali'i, like he that guy would have to be easily within the top three or four 
best buys of the season so far, early days, but mm. he is... I don't, I don't understand why the Warriors even let him go. Like, they let him go. He wasn't horrible there by any stretch, I thought. At the, at the no, Warriors. he was fucking yeah. good there. Like, <clears throat> like, when they started talking about this Fanua Blake shit going to the Warriors, I was like... You know what? Get him as fucking compensation. Mm. Just do a straight. You know, straight. I'll take it any day. I I wanted him to to come to Manly fucking badly, and holy shit, he's been amazing. Mm. Like he certainly exceeded. I saw um some stats come up for him. Uh, I think during this telecast, and like he's exceeded his output. Mm. You know, in five six rounds versus what he did last year. So so while he he wasn't terrible at Warriors, I mean he's fucking lifted it oh, to absolutely. another level this year. Mm. Mm. That's it. Tweets. On this one, at Troy underscore 79, said it's safe to say after tonight's performance, the Raiders' premiership window is well and truly closed. Oof. Fuck, giving up on them already. Uh, at J Bartley 90, said our Papali'i is better than your Papali'i. <laughs> Wasn't he just? Um Lee in the Facebook group said, looks like the Raiders have gone back to default settings as average at best. And uh, Joshy said, fuck me, Sivo seems to have all the ability but no talent footy smarts to execute. Someone told me I'm wrong. That's it. Uh, Ben said, no fade there. That was just shit. Hodgson is a handbrake. That was one of the handbrake comments. Uh, Daniel Said that was a dominant second half. Great bounce back after last week. Terry said the Raiders players showing less respect to the Raiders than the Panthers did last week. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, final word on that one. We'll give to legend uh, Timmy McIntyre, greatest stand-up comedian in Australia. Said Para fans. Who was actually down there at that game too, yeah. Yeah, He was actually at the game, yeah. Para fans were doing the Viking clap. After the disrespectful field goal. <laughs> Get your phone out, mate, for that shit. Get your phone oh, out and record fantastic. it for us. Righto, the uh, Warriors moved to today. The Warriors 20 defeat the Dragons 14 in the uh, Giannis Levius Cup clash. Oh. And um, the Warriors 20 came through tries to Torhu Harris, Paul Turner, and RTS. Nick Rima, three of three conversions and a penalty goal. The Dragons 14 tries to Ramsey, Rabalawa, and uh, Dufty. Lomax, one of three conversions. Glenn. I think the Warriors showed some some real grit and fight to, to close this game out. They finished the game with a 100% completion rate, which is pretty remarkable, um, especially is. for a side that, you know, you wouldn't say that the Warriors were ever, have ever been renowned for, for discipline um, and, and ball control. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, there's a bit of flash and flair to their game, which can lead to errors, but... Um, I think it probably speaks to some of the development um, to their game and, you know, changing up the way they play <clears throat> in in um, in certain areas. There's, there's a bit more focus on making sure that they're playing through that, that middle third of the field rather than, you know, slinging it left and right. So they're um, the Dragons, again, Going to Dufty, I think he um, he had some some good moments. I think Clune is is performing for mine. He looks he's starting to to look comfortable and and performing better than I expected. To be honest, filling Hunt's shoes in the halves. He um, ultimately RTS's. I've spoken about his leadership a couple of times. Um, 
over the course of the season so far. And I think what he's what he's doing now is, you know, he's leaving, you know, he's going to leave a really solid legacy at the club with the way that he's performing and leading um, the team and, and how he's going about his business, not just um, spectacular pieces of play, but um, he's got a real calming and, and, you know, lead by example type presence on the field, which is important for the Warriors. And um, yeah, I um, I was impressed with the Warriors in this game. Mm. Anything you want to add there? No, no, it's covered off. Uh, Nathan said, at least St. George meetings have complimentary Mars bars, Josh. <laughs> Hashtag, check his love, check his life. <laughs> Zoran said, is the Dylan Napa trade still available? I'd like to trade Norman for him, please. Norman at his best, leading by two and takes a short dropout. He should be the poster boy for the effects of hard cocaine use on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> that was that wasn't that wasn't fucking great. Like there's a time and place for that sort of shit. Mm. And unless you're playing for a team coached by the Walker brothers, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, it. Use Ash. it when you need it. Said, uh, "Oh look, it's that goddamn fucking Mars bar and the black belt again." <laughs> Can't say I missed those two. <laughs> Sharky Dave. Said, bit disappointed in the Dragons. They usually wait till Anzac Day to shit the bed. Ouch. Uh, at Appa Yip Yip 44 said, I've never thought Corey Norman was a Mensa candidate, but a short dropout when you're only up by two or ten to go is some straight up simple jack shit. <laughs> There's a theme there. Uh, at King Levius. Fuck. Oh, what was the Avi bet today? Yeah. Another one? Have to go and have a look after this. This yeah, you've seen it, haven't you? No, this time this this time yeah, it wasn't it. bannable. It was no. it was a little bit off, but it wasn't bannable. It was uh, no. it was like Fucking it was DMX It was DMX with the angel wings and then it was with a with a uh, like a, a crack pipe and like the dragons were over his head the dragon's emblem was on his face and the and the crack pipe had like the warriors <laughs> logo on the end <laughs> where it would be burning. <laughs> so it was basically yeah. Okay. The dragons, the dragons died of an over- overdosing on the warriors. Essentially, fair enough. Gotcha. So Levia said, "Boys are going to use this win as fuel. We stood up to a team red hot on form and made the plays that needed. Going to roll into next week with so much confidence that we'll only lose to the Storm by thirty on Anzac Day instead of fifty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, warriors suck balls. Said rocks and diamonds. Dragons fans." We'll say that was rocks and warriors were shiny, glittering all the way to the RTS-inspired win. Hashtag Hiku Haiku. MCL strain rehabbed. Peter starts on wing. Ouchy shoulder. Poor bastard. Is <laughs> <laughs> that it? Love it. it. Okay, wrapping up last game. The uh, Cowboys, 30. Defeated the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 18. Up there at the Abattoir. The uh, Cowboys tries to felt Robson, Condon, Granville, and Mitchell Dunn. Holmes, five of five conversions. Uh, Doggies tries to a Tony, Flanagan, and Katoa, Tui Katoa. Uh, Flanagan with the conversion, and Avarillo with two from two as well. Mm. Who wants to start this one off? Does anyone? <laughs> this is fucking horrible. <laughs> this horrible, this game horrible happened. Game. The end. Look, it's a, it, this, this game was 
absolutely fucking aids for the first half. Mm. Let's not let's let's not yeah. you know, mix. It, it was it was exactly the type of game you would expect from two sides in their positions on the ladder, and not just their positions on the ladder, but the way they've gone about their games. I mean, the Cowboys had that you know brief flash like in the first half last week where they were you know amazing, but. The dogs haven't. They've had nothing recommending them offensively. They've had three of the fucking six games where they haven't even fired a shot. Um, defensively, they haven't been great either. And this game delivered on everything. But then all of a sudden, it strangely fucking came alive in the second half yeah. after after Hetherington, mm. who is the new loosest dumb cunt in the league by a fucking the, the length of the straight. Mm. Um, I remember he did it last. He, he did it. He did it last year on. Um, on Marty to power in a game, you know, same thing. He got away with it. This one, he uh, did not get away with it and was sent from the field. And at that point, the Cowboys almost, almost immediately scored a, a quick try to go ahead. I think it was 24, six at that point. And you're like, well, here we go. Here comes the, this is, you know, the Cowboys will put on a bit of a score. They'll get the, they'll get the confidence and, and from there, but um, the doggies fucking strangely, they they then lifted at that point and they made a, a, a fucking great game of it and um like i don't know who to give credit to i just i don't know if it was the cowboys were just tired i just, like it happened the cowboys weathered it yeah i, I don't I, in the end losing's a habit and i don't know what to, are, i just don't know what to fucking to make of it <laughs> Like the Cowboys, obviously, are a team that's ripe to be picked apart by uh, any any of the sides you mm-hmm. know that have a bit of a, a bit of a shape to them and attacking structure. They're not they're not good defenders. The Cowboys also squandered a, a fuckload of good ball position, just with you know weird passes like pushing passes to guys that were about to get smashed, um, put you know passes behind guys so that you know where opportunities close really quickly. Mm-hmm. But in all of that, though, Valentine Holmes probably played his best game in mm. fucking ages. Yeah, so, he had I mean, some good touches. I'm not saying he's back, but he looked. He, he looked. This was his best game by far, I reckon, since he's come back into the sport. Isn't that interesting? All a lot of the comments didn't didn't marry up with that. Just about how how he didn't look great under the high ball and um, just his his chip ins on defence. Is that a little bit of? Well, because they're so bad, or because they have been so bad, any success you see out of him is blown out of proportion. Yeah, I part maybe, of it. and I mean, like he's and he's not, and he's certain, and, and like I would never go so far as to say that like he's back, but you know, when you've invested extremely heavily financially in a single player, yeah, if, if you were and, to say and he's it, back, you'd have to be on the wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, but this, but to say, but to, you know, to invest so heavily in 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 a player and have him deliver so little thus far, like today was a massive step forward, and like you know, positive signs that you know perhaps they might get something resembling, you know, some kind of return mm. on the investment. And uh, on on that note, Tyler said Val is about as useful as an amputee under the high ball tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when did Jamie. when did he send that message to? It could have been in the first half, which was uh, could yeah. Have been. Uh, Jamie said, "Can they please show the under eights at halftime so we can get our footy fix?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liam said, "The play where Holmes threw a pass behind a certain to score O'Neill onto the chest of Kotrick, who promptly dropped it, sums up these teams perfectly." That was exactly the thing when I was talking about the squandering good ball situation from the Cowboys. <laughs> Have we got a pronunciation update on Cotrick's name? It's tr- it's like Chot Chotrick, Chotrith. isn't it? 
Jesus. Look, I'm all I'm all for players finding out that you know that they're yeah, I want to yeah, they've got this there's this heritage and then you know, and 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 what yeah, I mean, it's 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 great, but um yeah, I think it, I I first heard this on ABC Grandstand last year sometime, and none no one and I kind of dismissed it because no one on television ever yeah, did it until or... until recently, and I remember on Grandstand they were, they were talking about it and it was and it was a, it was a game I was a Canberra game I was listening to, and someone someone in the team on the radio at the time who I forget what it was they they were like oh you know yeah it's actually it's actually meant to be pronounced like you know it's like you know Serbian or whatever you know and it's it's meant to be pronounced you know Chotrich, which again was, it can probably be fairly you know, relied upon, fairly well relied upon most of the time. But you don't want to get into one of those situations again where you've got somebody who comes out and said, this is how this is pronounced, yeah, uh, pronounced, mm. and then somebody else says, oh, yeah, no, it's not. It's my name, and I don't. Yeah, well, end of the day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. end of the day, they just need to do, uh, you know, like like what John Anik was telling us is that, that he does for the UFC. He will literally go to a fighter in the week leading up to a fight and say, how do you how pronounce, do you your pronounce your name? Clunk. Get his iPhone out, record That's the, play, the, the, the fighter will say who say it the way it is, and then and then, and then you just drill that because that's the that's the fucking originator. That's the source of the yeah, spot you on. know. So spot on. Uh, the last comment on that one we'll give to Peter in the Facebook group. He said Cowboys are a thirty point better team at their home ground, Leichhardt Oval. <laughs> I think a lot of these were first half comments because I mean they did ultimately score thirty points so. <laughs> But halftime was like it was what six all or something. It that's was, it. Yeah, you know. yeah. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, in that case, game's done. That's full time for the episode three ninety one. As always, you can uh, follow us and interact with us in a myriad of ways. And uh, if you want to get all the links to uh, our Patreon, where there's uh, tons of bonus features for for uh, patrons. Uh, if you want to uh, get the links to all our social medias, particularly our Facebook group. And there's been a good fucking solid influx of new bodies to the Facebook group. I and mean, you notice new as well. bodies too. <laughs> get in there and get amongst it. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it, it, it's great. Like it's, it's we've added like like a hundred this season at least already. And I mean, it's fucking early days. So great to see. Um, and might I say, ra- might I say raise the, the bat for a thousand. The quality of these people is fucking outstanding. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Put it out there as well, because it's been a while since we've done this, and it's not because anyone's being a dick about it. Um, no fucking clickbait, and yeah. no unfunny fucking bullshit football memes. We're gonna find that um, this year Origins back in the middle of the year, so we're probably gonna go through that six week period with Origin fucking, threads where we get where, where we get dumb shit. From generally Queensland supporters, yeah, generally Super Grover, frankly. Well, you know what? <laughs> if if our Facebook group is a minute silence, Super yes. Grover's yelling out. Yeah, oh, all day, all day, yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> oh, fuck it out. That's the ultimate insult. Like, <laughs> and he's not just yelling out like "woo" or anything. Like, he's yelling out something like really bad, like you know, Boring <laughs> in a minute silence. Queensland. Uh, He's that tone deaf. He'd be like, "Hey, who fucking died?" 
yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you want the links to all those things, uh, go to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links and you will be linked to all of the relevant locations. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend. And with this influx of people to the Facebook group in particular, they're generally speaking, they're, gen- they're invited by a member whose name I recognize you know, when when the, the notification well comes through. So good shit, adding your friends and everything too, guys. That's tremendous. And like, there's, it's it's the best way to get new people in the group as well because you're getting, you know, they're kind of pre-vetted at least on some level. I mean, like I know that if I'm going to invite a friend into the Facebook group, they're not going to be one of these fucking drags that are, are a nightmare, you know, that yeah. I regret bringing Fresh in. Fresh falters you know? or Yeah, fans. yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, um, memberships. By the time you listen to this, memberships are closed. But the Patreon keeps on going. The hoodies are closed as well. Once we get delivery of the hoodies and the, and the memberships, which should be you know like two to three weeks, then we'll roll out we'll roll out the next uh, opportunity for you guys to grab something special. So, um, thank you to everyone who uh, grabbed the membership and grabbed the hoodie. And uh, appreciate you all. And uh, our Patreon ongoing month to month. You can jump on that one at any stage of the year, and uh, there's some uh, great benefits the higher up the uh, higher up the, the the pyramid you go. Um, anything else you want to add, fellas, before we wrap no. this one up? Fantastic. Are we running a pyramid scheme now? Oh, it, ours oh, is a trapezoid. Bernie, Bernie Madoff <laughs> did talk it. Yeah, he did. Someone's got to, someone's got to fill that fucking, that, that void. Have, have you not actually, like, considered why we've asked you back this year? <laughs> did, did you not peek up when Nate was getting you to sign all those documents? You know, podcast <laughs> trust trustee. Everything's in your name now. Lucky I signed your. <laughs> lucky I signed your name. <laughs> yes. Oh, anyway, that's it. I'm from Campbelltown. Remember? <laughs> Just put an X. Yes. <laughs> 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 Campbelltown. They usually fucking they usually put fingerprints on things on documents, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Righto. That's it, fellas. Uh, talk to you on Wednesday. All right. Later. See ya. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.